Did you know that this eclipse happening at the end of March, the lunar eclipse, is two degrees, just two degrees from the galactic, the super galactic center. It's like, you know, not the galactic center, the super galactic. So what does all that mean? And what else is happening in the month of March? There's a lot more, a lot happening as we prepare for eclipse season. Welcome to Star Sound Speaks. I'm your host, Irliana Samsara from Star Sound Astrology. And we, this is episode 298. So in this video, I'm going to talk about exactly what's going on this month and what there is to see. Um, this is how to prepare. So what are the energies at play? How can you best prepare for not just this month, but leading into this very dynamic April eclipses? These are two of the most incredibly change-making oriented months of the year. And so we're going to be looking at all that and I'll give you my best advice and um, some some great, uh, hopefully, things that you can use. So, okay, this month, March, advent of eclipse season, all right, eclipses, eclipses are always the most powerful events in astrology, right? We have them two a year. We have six months apart. The last ones were in October, November, this this time we have them in March 25th, lunar solar eclipse in April. Be very powerful time. Overall, speak, oh, 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 Mercury and Pisces, hello. I can't talk. Ah, all right. Um, <laughs> there's a lot, speaking of Pisces, there's a lot going on in Pisces. A lot of many planets in Pisces as we begin March. And the... Actually, except for Jupiter, every traditional planet is going to be in the sign of Pisces uh, during the month of March. So that's a lot of energy. Pisces is the final sign of the zodiac. So it suggests this completion. It's mutable. It's mutable water. So it's this completion and dissolution of reality as we know it. It's the endings of things. And this is a very, very large signature, not only for this month, but for next month, because the eclipses, the rulers of both the lunar and the solar eclipses are both going to be in Pisces. So you see this, this theme is going to carry on and permeate, and it's part of this fundamental change. Honestly, it's it's so deep and vast, and I know we, we've all been feeling it, whether it's Pluto and Aquarius, Saturn and Pisces, you know, these, these vast changes, these epic changes that are upon us. And so it, it kind of feels as epic as, not that we want to revisit 2020 um, in a different fashion, but it does represent these shifts and changes. And so I'll, I'll get into more ex exact details of you know what that looks like, but it's definitely, to me, it feels like the end of an era, a return to source, this is a, 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 a this is a time about the the moving past the realities and reality structures that we knew and the belief structures and seeing things uh, for what they are or or not you know difficulty in perhaps seeing it or letting go of a certain preconditioned way in which we have approached our reality in in favor of something more mystical and nonlinear. So we start the month with Mercury in 
Pisces ex in exile. Mercury is not, it's not the easiest sign. Mercury is very quick and efficient in dates and facts and, and data. Well, in the sign of Pisces, he's swimming, he's swimming in an ocean and it's not clear. And so he's, he's, uh, in exile in Pisces and combust the sun, which means he's just left that Saturn, that, remember that triple Saturn Kazemi last week, we had Mercury and Saturn and the sun all in this historic rare triple Kazemi. So he got reprogrammed, he got refreshed and bathed in the fires of the sun. And now he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry on my, with my work. The work he's doing now is very non-linear. So if you felt confused or you weren't able to access your logical mind, it's because, look, Mercury's in Pisces. It's not the answers and the solutions that Mercury provides are not going to come from a linear place. They're going to come from dreams. They're going to come from intuition. They're going to come from visions. All or all of these, some of these, right? This is where we look to get, there will be solutions, but they're not in the normal place. The exile means it's not where he's comfortable, but there can be, there are profound things that are available to us, even though a planet's in exile and it sounds really, you know, oh my God, exile, that's, that's nasty. But there is a grace here. And this is what we are getting with Mercury in exile in Pisces. He's separating from that Kazemi with the sun. He's every day he gets further and further from the sun. Um, having been reprogrammed in the fires of the sun last week, this is giving us new inspiration for our mind, for our writing, for our agreements, for how we network with others. We are getting inspired. It, it provides us the opportunity for inspiration, uh, creative writing, music, visions, um, the things of this nature, very transcendental. Sometimes Mercury in Pisces can feel very much like Mercury retrograde. Like for example, maybe a machine or, or something breaks down or one of, one of some equipment. It, it can, and it's kind of like a little unclear on how things, you know, operate. So just so you know that, you know, it's interesting because it, it's in that kind of funkadoodle place about, you know, can you know your repairs, but we have a little respite before it goes retrograde. <laughs> so one of the things that's going to happen is this, I want you to watch closely this, this transit of Mercury. We're going to talk about that and the new moon. Uh, we're going to talk about Venus and Pisces coming into Pisces, the Aries ingress, which is the first day um, it's the quote astrological new year that's going to be this month. It's always around March 19th, 20th. And uh, we're going to talk about Mars going to Pisces and we'll finish the talk with a South Node lunar eclipse and what, what that looks like. And yes, we will talk about that super galactic center. I will explain everything. Okay, so let's continue with Mercury. Mercury up until about, depending on your time zone, March 9th, 10th, Mercury will be in still in the sign of Pisces. And so it will finally um, conjunct at the very end of that, right around 9th, 10th, it will conjunct with Neptune. Neptune's at a very late degree of Pisces. And that is going to give, you know, I, I will say one really great thing about that is you could have the most incredible inspired art and, and expression and writing and such and poetry and dance and dreams and vision and 
amazing um, trans transcendental beauty would say that words that we speak or the, the quality of our speaking would be very compassionate and kind and forgiving and and perhaps emotional too you know bringing up all of those those Piscean things the the part that's can be difficult to manage is you got a train to catch and it's like can you all right you're I, I can you just wrap it up can you can you bottom line what you want to say not that you want to cut somebody off but it's like oh it's such beautiful word you're saying but there's the 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 requirements of the busy day can sometimes that can be a little frustrating when people just yak on and on and on and on ad infinitum without any boundaries, right? Pisces knows no boundaries, only mystical boundaries, which don't exist in this dimension. So yes, it can drive us a little crazy, but when we know the qualities of things, we can navigate that better. The other thing is as Mercury moves into that conjunction with Neptune, it's also going to be every year, the sun and Mercury of planets, certainly the sun, when it conjoins the final degree of Pisces, there is a very, important, powerful, fixed star at 29 Pisces, and it's called Sheet, S-C-H-E-A-T. Sheet is very typically associated with tragedy, with sadness, with this, you know, the, the weeping of tears and the, what is it, the, the gnashing of teeth and the weeping of tears, you know, and, 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 and at the same time, you know, that, that that's definitely a downer, but we can see it in Gaza, war and, and genocide and all these things that are very, you know, the, the sacrifice that people are making, they're losing their lives. And Mercury, you think about youth and the children, I think about the children in Gaza and my heart goes out to them. The opportunity here is to voice compassion and voice compassion and, and stand up for for the people who are marginalized, homeless, war, famine, whatever it is, a hardship, and to develop and cultivate this compassion and perhaps to share it, share it with others, <clears throat> calling out these, you know, war atrocities and such. Um, let's see, certainly a wonderful practice would be, you know, singing compassionate, you know, mantras that have to do with compassion, like from the, uh, the green Tara mantra, you know, the Bodhisattva of true compassion, Kuan Yin, Mother Mary, whatever tradition that you align with, you know, there are songs and, and chants and singing and playing music, you know, and dedicating that to the world, dedicate this to the world at large. This is a really sensitive point that we're at here in our evolution. And when we think about the opportunity to evolve our consciousness into and cultivating more mindfulness and compassion that's going to really have an effect on what happens especially next month when the eclipses well when the solar eclipse happens okay so enough about mercury in pisces on the 9th or 10th depending on your time zone it will move into aries so up until now, up until then, it's still, you know, we're still in, in this kind of dreamy, intuitive, visionary, you know, world of Pisces, imagination running wild and, and all of that fantasy versus reality. Then it gets, as soon as it jumps into Aries, boom, 
um, the horse out of the gate, you know, boom, fast, it becomes, it's, it's a real energy shift. You, you'll feel that. So all the creative ideas and inspirations that have been coming to us and filtering through us, to us and through us, in the, where Mercury's been in Pisces, now it's time to put those into action and start to move and feel very motivated to accomplish things. That's the Aries way, right? Aries is male energy, cardinal sign. Let's let's make things happen. Let's start and initiate new projects. So very, you know, Mars in the sign of uh, Mercury, sorry, in Mars's domicile of Aries is very, you know, it's hot, dry, it's quick, it's direct. It's like, come on, get to the point, hurry up, move on. You know, it can be, we can be very impatient with our speech. We want to watch out for arguments, argumentative, competitiveness, um, rash, impulsive things that we speak. You know, you, you throw something out and then you realize, oh, you know, I spoke too soon pay attention because Mars, Mercury will be in Aries. It's going to be part of that whole eclipse uh, conglomeration in in um, both lunar and solar eclipses. So Mercury, our voice, speaking up and standing up and speaking with courage. So, I, you know, I would encourage you to consider instead of words that burn and cut and separate Mars energy, right? Um, what about if you, instead of thinking of flame throwing, <laughs> what if you thought of a beautiful fire with warm embers, like after a campfire, when you have a, a nice campfire and then everything burns down, the fire burns down, it's just those soft orange glowing coals or pieces of wood or what have you. And it's warm and inviting, but it doesn't burn, right? So it's, it's, it, it's cozy. So having compassion and speaking bravely and and speaking the truth but in a in a way that's warm and inviting mercury has become evening star now that it had its kazemi with the sun so mercury's evening star tends to be more yin in its expression so that that's a good thing right if it was yang in aries morning star in aries that would be like really so the saving grace is that it's it's going to be compassionate, but it's from a more of an the evening star. It's either delayed energy or speaking, or or it it or it can be just and or just more of an intuitive nature. So that's what we have for Aries, Mercury and Aries. Um, the new moon in Pisces is going to be happening, and that'll be March tenth, and it's going to be at twenty degrees of Pisces. The interesting thing about that, I think the big feature about that new moon in the late degree Pisces, it's going to make a sextile, which is the nature of Venus. So it's this easy connection with Uranus and Taurus. So this is this speaks to dreams, envisioning, and the Uranus connection can be, you know, sudden amazing realizations, improvements, innovations, and in the in marrying our dreams and what we want for ourselves with our values and and certainly with the environment with the earth oh pay attention to that this upcoming new moon because saturn is going to be at that point right before uh, saturn's going to retrograde in late june at 19 pisces so in the sun right the day before that balsamic uh right before the balsamic um 
moon and all right before the March 10th new moon, say March 9th, Saturn will be at that point. So just pay attention. It's going to be very close. So the story that unfolds and around the new moon in Pisces is something that's going to be a long part of a longer, broader story uh, come Jan uh, June, June through no early November. No, sorry, late November, but November 20th, it will be Saturn will be retrograde. So it'll jump on that point around June 29th. So whatever is happening around this new moon or the day before this new moon in Pisces and it coming up will, you know, have a longer, it will have legs and play out that way. Okay, uh, Venus, Venus goes into Pisces, you know, the one after the other, right? Is you know, the sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Saturn's already there since last year, you know, um, then Mars will come in, right? And so we have... Venus and Pisces. Venus will move um, from Aquarius into Pisces on, so we started with Venus and Aquarius, we're starting this month. Venus will move into its exaltation in Pisces on March 11th. So from March 11th to April 5th, right before that solar eclipse, Venus will be in, in, in her exaltation in Pisces. So what does that mean? Well, Wait, hold on, correction. Venus will be in Pisces for just the lunar eclipse. For the solar eclipse, you would think I would know this looking at charts five gazillion times of the <laughs> eclipses. Ah, it's crazy, right? Mercury in Pisces, blame it all on that. Anyway, Venus in Pisces for the lunar eclipse. Uh, very, very important here. Venus is in her exaltation. That means that she loves being Pisces. This is the planet of desire and beauty and love. And Pisces is the ideal love, the like the communion, the ideal relationship with the divine. This unconditional love, this pure, pure love innocence, right? This the purity of love in its most ideal form. So that's like Venus is like, yeah, I, I got this. So Venus in Pisces, Again, a wonderful place for, for performing, for creating great art. Venus is about the arts. In Pisces, it's, if you've been, maybe hadn't been writing for a while or doing your art, this is the time to take it up. It's going to be a really easy time to take up art. Uh, I would say, too, you know, just things with a cause for the people who are like marginalized, taking care of others. And in that compassionate, you know, selfless care. The um, idea here is that, uh, like, yeah, art's really, really, really great. Now, of course, the flip side of all this is looking at things through rose-colored glasses. When Mercury's in Pisces, you know, the, you know, we have to watch our words where we're, are we speaking out of our fantasy land? Venus in Pisces, are we falling in love with a merman or a mermaid? <laughs> Mer people, but he doesn't have a job. Yeah, he doesn't have feet. Okay, well, is that gonna? No. Hmm. Let me see. Until it gets into the uh, conjunct Saturn, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna work out. 
<laughs> I don't know. He's like Venus and Pisces. Oh my God. Who are you going to fall in love with? And can you, can you keep, are your desires really grounded in reality? Because once it gets close to Saturn, it's going to be like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Now nah, I, you know, Saturn's like, yeah, I, I know that you love love, but let's get real. So um, <laughs> it's like just something to be aware of. Uh, the Aries ingress the Aries ingress is when it's our astrological new year. So that's going to be happening March 19th, 20th, dep again, depending on your time zone. And that is, that's an interesting thing. Okay. So that means the sun is at zero degrees of Aries. So the sun is exalted in Aries. Venus is in her exaltation in Pisces. The sun is in its exaltation in Aries because in the northern hemisphere it is the advent of spring and there is this increase of light so obviously the sun is gonna love being in aries and the so it's all obviously it's you know it's aries astro new year every year astro new year happy new year sun in aries so we look at that chart of the moment the sun enters Aries, and that will give us, no matter where we are in the world, that will give us an, an, a, an idea about the kind of energies we're dealing with. Now for the for Washington, DC, let me see if I should pick that up here. Let me go grab that. Uh, let's see, just a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Pull this up, share screen. Okay. Here it is. Um, I'm going to pull up this Aries ingress, uh, sun at zero Aries. And here it is, March 19th, uh, Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Time is going to be uh, 11.06 p.m. I set this for Washington, D.C. So as we can see here, it's going to be a night chart for Washington, D.C. This is you know, late, right? It's after after the sun sets, which means the moon is really the the one who has the say-so in, in this chart um, for the United States. And But the moon's in the sign of the sun, so and it has a nice trine with the sun. So this really speaks to some very strong, passionate desires for the authentic divine the authentic self that we where we come from our divine or right our leo you know our divine origin our the part of ourself that is eternal like the sun that is always shining so the the moon you know having that in leo and with that trine with the sun we have to look here in washington it's going to be on the uh, it's a Scorpio rising chart. So that means Mars is, you know, every city is, is going to be different depending on the, the, the latitude, longitude, you know, where, where you are on the planet. But for the Washington DC chart, it has Scorpio on the, on the ascendant, which means, which means Mars is the ruler of this particular ingress for the United States. Well, Mars, where is Mars? Very interesting. Mars is here at 27 degrees of Aquarius. That's the exact same place as the moon in the chart of the United States. If you're looking at, I, I use the Sibley chart, but the, the, the moon is at 27. So Mars, for this Aries ingress, conjunct the moon. The moon rules the people, the population of a country. 
So Mars conjunct the moon, that's a, that's a real kick in the butt. <laughs> that's, that can be oh, a little spicy. Um, certainly uh, a, a stand for um, individuality, but in the sign of, of, um, of Aquarius is like, let's be, let's gear our goals for, can we all get along Aquarius, right? Can we all, can we have a democracy? Excuse me, I'm going to make sure Mars, you know, we're going to, we're going to fight for our democracy. We're going to fight for everyone having a seat at the table. I think that's going to be a major theme of this Aries ingress for the United States. We also see at the same time, you've got the sun here in a sextile with Pluto in Aquarius. So that's again, this, this very intense cathartic experience, this kind of, what is it that, what do we have to look at? Maybe some subconscious patterns around trauma, around separation, what separates us in our politics, in our society, and how do we mend that? First, we have to see the shadow. So a lot of this is gonna be the shadow dynamics coming up. Uh, so that we can reprogram ourselves and have the kind of ideal society, hopefully, you know, I think too, you have, we have to be honest, you know, Pluto in that zero degrees Aquarius, we saw early signs, this is a really intense, something about AI and, and computers and the internet and all of those things. When you think about Mars and Pluto, of course, they're at the opposite ends of Aquarius, but that is a that's that's a very telling sign. There can be some very deep cathartic experiences uh, around this this coming year. So from March of 2024 to March of 2025, this this theme about strength, courage, and conviction, right? To the the power to be different and maybe to walk away from people and cut ties with people who are not in your tribe who do where do you align with and who do you align with aquarius energies about groups group organizations hopes wishes and dreams so this speaks very powerfully for where we choose who are we aligned with Aries, and that's the fact that mars is is the yin intuitive water sign of scorpio this is a this is a very profound a powerful transformation. It has to do with all things Scorpio. So something that needs to die before it can be reborn, right? We think about like the Phoenix from the ashes. So there's this great sense of a new beginning here on a more mundane, you know, way, less philosophical tone. I will say that I, I see Mars in the fourth house here, the ruler being in the fourth would, would to me, that would speak to perhaps a, a shift, the shift continues for working at home. The fourth house rules the home and the home and family and things. And the sun in the sixth house of work and workplace with its ruler being in the fourth, that could indicate Mars and Aquarius, you know, people working from home online, more of that, or that, that you know, that could still be very much a theme. And so anyway, not to get into much longer about that, because I want to cover a couple more things before we wrap up. But yeah, so that's that's our Aries ingress. And let's see. So moving on, uh, let's see, what, what do we have here? Um, I would say, too, with with this this Astro New Year, 
Venus and Jupiter are both in mutual reception. So it's very powerful, the two benefics in mutual reception. So that, that's a real positive. And they're bonifying Saturn, Saturn in Pisces. And so, you know, what might that mean? Well, it's, it speaks to, you know, commitment. I see it as a, a commitment to, um, with Saturn and Pisces, making a commitment to spiritual disciplines as an aspect of what's ahead for this year. And I see that in many other places, in other ways of looking at charts and measuring, but that's definitely one of them. Uh, the passion for life, beauty, I already covered the, the trine with the sun and the moon. Uh, tribe up, but you be you. I would say you, you be you. As, as part of a tribe of an enlightened community, you don't you don't lose your identity. That the the challenge here is to be part of a whole unified, you know, all for one, one for all. But to but don't lose your identity. Be your own true unique self. Okay, Mars. Mars will be going into Pisces March twenty second. So it's it's in Aquarius up until March twenty second. So there's in the beginning we have this it's a different energy it's it's mars aquarius is very you know techie linear you know aquarian energy scientific techie right and then it shifts gears into pisces so from march the planet of goals and ambition and movement and action goes into pisces so it's going to be fight fighting for um, compassion, fighting for mercy, um, the strength and vitality oriented toward more mystical realms. So it from March 22nd, all the way through. So for both eclipses, Mars will be in Pisces. And it through April 30th, it joins that Pisces party. Um, so, you know, that that can, the thing about Mars and Pisces can be like, I'm a martyr for a cause. And it, you could see, you know, religious martyrdom and really, unfortunately, you know, um, think of like the, a crusader, you know, the, these people who are fighting and battling over religious beliefs, perhaps. Um, so we want to be really careful about that. Like, can we be, can we orient ourselves for compassion? Make what, what sacrifices do we need to make to cultivate compassion in ourselves? Um, can we take action without being, uh, like, say, a, a zealot or over overarching uh, fighting? You know, fighting to be right over over the idea of our, around our beliefs or spiritual or religious beliefs. Can we not be a zealot? You know, um, what is it going to take to attain um, a compassionate society? Remember, Mars is the ruler of the solar eclipse in Aries. In on April, it's a total solar eclipse. Mars is in charge, and he's going to be in Aries, very uh, sorry, Pisces, very close to Saturn, and so the two malefics conjunct. That that's powerful. We'll certainly be breaking that down more as we cover the solar eclipse video. By the way, yesterday, just the other day, I interviewed Andrea Michelle for the lunar eclipse. So I'm going to be editing that, but we had a great talk and I think you'll really enjoy, of course, you know, it's Andrea Michelle, how, how can you not enjoy her <laughs> and her amazing um, insights um, that are geared for nurturing the divine feminine, in all of us and what it takes to find love, be love as love, 
you know, this is like a central theme and core of her work. And it certainly shines in this season with so much Piscean energy here at stake now and for the eclipses. So uh, back to this, back, back to Mars. Yes, there is action for the plight of people suffering. This is where these opportunities exist. There's an opportunity to forgive yourself and others for past abuses, of uh, being a victim, of victimizing others or being a victim of past pain, of healing the pain body, collective pain body, Saturn and Pisces, right? Collective pain body or and the individual, especially Mars, the individual pain body. And so the last thing I'm going to talk about is the South Node Lunar Eclipse, right? We end the month with March 25th. We have a penumbral, I believe it is, penumbral, um, lunar eclipse, which is going to be seen mostly over the is over North America and South America. That's where it's going to be seen. And it's going to be at five degrees of Libra and change. And this is conjunct the, the super galactic center. Now, what, what the heck is that? Now, some of you might be familiar with the galactic center of the of the uh, universe, the galactic center of, sorry, of the Milky Way. That's different. That one is uh, 26 degrees, 33 minutes as of this time in, on our Earth plane. Um, and let me see, I'm going to go check. Uh, where did I see that thing? The sign, galactic center. Hmm. Okay, let me, I want to look up something for you. Here it is. Okay, I'm going to put this link, not only for this video, but the one we talk about this, Andrea and I, in the Lunar Eclipse uh, vi video. It's the Super Galactic Center is two degrees Libra, three minutes, 33 seconds. <laughs> so two degrees Libra. What do, I'm going to put a link to Philip Sedgwick. Very little I've, I've been able to find about the Galactic Center, but Philip Sedgwick, great um, astrologer, uh, has a lot to say about it on this particular page. So I will link to that below. You will see it's called the Supergalactic Center. And it's an excerpt from a book he wrote called The Soul of the Sky. And I, I think you'll really love it. I got so much out of reading this and it explains so much in my life about relationships. Um, but anyway, the South Node, so, so two degrees, what, what did I say it was? Two degrees? Yeah, two degrees Libra. And so the, the eclipse is five degrees. So it's only three degrees away. So it's really close. The supergalactic center is a black hole. They thought it was the biggest black hole or the, maybe the only one that they found in this local area of our galaxy. It turns out there are many black holes, but this one, it has the mass of a trillion suns. Can't even put your brain around that one, right? Um, and it is two degrees of Libra. And so where it, you know, where we are connected with it on earth, what does that represent? It's about yearning. And it's about this, it's like an, a, the, the, the gravitational suck of this is like this giant, I think he called it a cosmic vacuum cleaner. And what does Libra represent? Ruled by Venus, desire. So it's this, it speaks to this insatiable desire, like 
I have to be this people pleaser. I have to have love. I've got to have a relationship. I've got to, got to, got to, you know, it's this, you, you give and give and give in relationships until there's nothing left. And then you just like, you're exhausted. And like that, maybe that energy vampire of a partner of yours goes on to the next, or maybe you're that energy vampire and you, this eclipse with Saturn and Pisces there, it's like saying, let's be honest, let's be honest and look at reality and stop deluding ourselves right? When it comes to relationships, this is a very important uh, a point that it's, it, that will be made. Yeah. Like just, just think about all those, you know, like the country Western song, right? That, that my honey run off of a horse. No, just <laughs> this, the songs about belonging and the, all of the dysfunction and the codependency and I, my God, it's like, you know, what, where would, where would country music be without, I don't know, wouldn't exist. No, just when I'm not a fan of country music, but I have to say now that Beyonce's there, I, I, my hat is off to her. She's amazing. <laughs> maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll like it more anyway. Uh, for this eclipse, Venus will be in Pisces. And so this is like, let's not dilute. It will have already passed its conjunction with Saturn for that eclipse. So it's like, let's stop diluting ourselves. Let's be real. Let's look at what do we need to sacrifice in order to have an ideal relationship? And where what is the true ideal relationship? What's the most transcendent a reality around what it means to be in relationship and is it about external libra right others do i have to please others am i finding that relationship that ideal relationship and that hunger that hunger and that incredible like un almost like unstoppable attraction of falling into this black hole of like too much and never enough it's never enough it's like never enough right so these archetypes are what is ending because remember it's a south node lunar eclipse so there's this crisis around relationships and it's about ending this feeling of chasing you know this insatiable desire on the outside that if i have this person on the you know this person will complete me like this ideal relationship, like this, you know, the, the guy on the, the white knight on the horse or, you know, Fabio, the chest of his, you know, this, this ideal thing that, that is a fantasy. So this is really going to be, no matter where this occurs in your chart, it's conjunct the supergalactic center. That's what it's all about, desire, insatiable desire. And the South Node is like waking up to the fantasy of that. And the reality being that, we are, as my spiritual teacher used to say, you are your own greatest lover. No one will love you the way you love yourself. When she first said that, I was like, nah. it was a long time ago when I was still, still working through that one. Uh, and it was like, yeah, 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 of course you're right. Of course, you know, I, I love myself. It's like, but I really want that relationship. You know, I had to be honest with myself. Not an easy place for us. Very uncomfortable. But when we get that really like what, and you'll see, you know, if you care to read Philip's very long article, but very worth it. It's about making this contract with yourself 
of, of your true soul mate is really mating with your soul. And Andrea talks a little bit, you know, more about this, but it's this, this connection of, and this idea of wanting, want, not the wanting and the desiring, but like, what are my truths, what you think you want versus what you really want? you know and so is it do you want a million instagram followers oh yeah that's really what i want it's like but do you really want that it, there's and so we're looking at that we're certainly with relationships and then i would say whatever house that this lunar eclipse will fall in wherever you have libra i use whole sign houses hellenistic astrology blended with modern but i use whole sign so, but wherever five degrees of Libra occurs in your chart is the area of your life where you're going to come to your senses. And there is this, this uh, these ideas are going to present themselves in that area of your life. So whether it's money or children or home, you know, this, the relationship we have with this area of our life, it's time for this wake up call. And what do we have to Pisces, give up? What fantasy about love and intimacy and relationship do we have to give up in order to have that ideal relationship ultimately with ourselves? The last thing I want to say about that is too, is uh, Venus in Pisces is six signs from the lunar eclipse, right? If you count and you, so we'll get another another piece of this. You know, these, these are very, you know, you listen to a hundred astrologers, you're going to hear thread of commonality but there's so many facets so you you know it's nice it's to listen to lots and lots of people but we're lo looking at this like a like a gemstone with many many facets and they're all true uh, so there's no one storyline you know to any of this um, but venus six signs from the lunar eclipse uh, really speaks to I would say workplace relation, no, again, no matter where this is in your chart, um, it's workplace relationships and uh, health and maybe um, our relationship with our daily work. And our, it's the things that we have to do because we have to do them, right? That's the, the joy of Mars and, and, and such, um, but uh, health too and nutrition. My teacher also used to say, Nutrition is the ultimate form of lovemaking with the body. So that's another piece of it. So like endings this dysfunctional relationship around food, around maybe overeating or overindulging. Um, this is a call to have a more with Saturn and Pisces, you know, it having with Venus having passed Saturn and Pisces, uh, but still in our exaltation, it's with kindness and compassion getting real around our diet. And we're not beating up on ourselves and, and shaming ourselves for maybe eating the wrong food or being overweight or having some chronic health issues. We're not beating ourselves up. We're loving ourselves into health. So rigorous diet, really being disciplined, making a Saturn and Pisces a serious commitment to our health and our food and what we eat to stop diluting ourselves. It's like, oh, I just have this Burger King hamburger. I'm just going to pray on it. It's just going to be, you know, fine. It's like, mm, really, you know, let's, let's be real. You know, are you, are you a, a fully enlightened yogi that can pull that off? Or are you, are you just kidding yourself? Like, like really, 
you know. Uh, <laughs> I would say too, in 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 completing this, it's when we as we examine all these things, um, it's about committing to you know Venus in Pisces, like you are the work of art. And yes, you'll look at your, you know, the invitation to look at one's health and one's relationships and the health of one's relationships and one's relationship with health and food, all of these things helping us to attain Pisces, mystical velocity, the importance of seeing these things as we move into these uh, less dense states of being, right? Pisces is this dissolution with the material form, with material body. It's like the opportunity to have other uh, higher dimensions of existence of our multidimensional selves, higher dimensions and other aspects of our mystical selves coming online into time space as we know it here now. So I would say, I would invite you to commit to the art of you. Listen, <laughs> Pisces, you are a work of art. I don't care if you're overweight or you have maybe some chronic illness or whatever, or whatever it is, or wherever you're at in it, it's committing to you as a beauty. There's no one like you in the world. And that's a good thing. This beautiful divine you, the beauty of you. Think Pisces music. You are a symphony. And so that's the opportunity here that we have with this lunar eclipse in Pisces to see and to experience these things, to have these things revealed to us. Maybe the, may, there may be things here uh, that will help you, you know, in terms of where you need to look, you know, or if you're feeling confused and you're not sure, just consider what I've shared with you today. I'm not trying to tell you like, this is the, this is how it's going to be for you. Cause my God, you know, there's, like I said, you listen to hundred astrologers, you're going to hear lots of different things, but just take what resonates. If none of this resonates with you, this is fine. You're not hurting me. You know, I'm just here. I'm, I'm sitting in prayer and getting the downloads and feeling what needs to be shared. And anyway, that's what I have for you. <laughs> so I hope that you've enjoyed this. If you have, great. Um, if you haven't, that's okay too. I still love you. <laughs> um, and if you have gotten value of this from this, please do like, share, subscribe. I love to hear your comments. How are you doing? Uh, what are you looking forward to for the month of March? And where do these planets land in your chart? Where do these planets, you know, Pisces and Aries and, and all this, where does this land? And so, yeah. So we'll stay in touch. Um, we love you dearly. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Okay, this is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Namaste.